0: Welcome back to the episode called What Would Kim Do? And this is where I read different scenarios, challenges, dating blunders, and really any problem that you all are having and you need my help solving. And I will tell you exactly what I would do to help you through it. It's kind of the modern day version of Dear Abby for those of you who are old like me and remember that. So let's get to it. All right. The first one is from a woman Her name is Betty, and she says, Hi, Kim. Just the thought of making small talk and trying to move the conversation to something that's fun and interesting when you don't know someone puts knots in my stomach. How do I feel more confident and at ease just being myself? To be able to move beyond the small talk into really connecting and having fun with a man and enjoying his company. Oh, Betty, well, you sound like you're a little bit on the shy side. I don't know if that's always been the case, but, oh, those knots can feel really tight. In fact, I just spoke with somebody yesterday about that very thing, and she described it the same way. It was literally in the pit of her stomach when she thought about going on a date or just even walking into a public setting. So here's the thing. The first thing that you really want to look at is how you are defining small talk. You use that word small talk, and I hear this all the time. I wish this wasn't even a phrase out there, to be honest, because when you think of those words and you label it, as such, no wonder it's exhausting and anxiety provoking. I mean, no one wants to sit there and talk small and of uh, trivial things because if you think about it, that's what it is. People talk about trivial or fact-based things. So it becomes exhausting to carry on a conversation in that manner. So the first thing to really think about is if you really change the way you think about the whole conversation and say that you're going to be curious about someone today instead and say, okay, I'm going to go into this room or I'm going to go in on this date and I'm just going to be curious about who this person is, what's in the room, and what can I learn from? That's a different mindset. And usually that will put you more at ease. Then ask yourself, What do you hate about making conversation with someone new? I mean, are you in your head a lot? Are you worried about what they may say or what they think of you? Do you think you're not interesting enough? I mean, these are the common fears that stops people from engaging in conversations all the time. So instead, stop worrying about everyone else and concentrate on what you're going to do to connect with people. Again, come from that place of curiosity and get in that mindset of, I just want to go and see what the possibilities are rather than worrying about what they think and feel. I mean, you're not going to walk in a room, and and let's be real, okay, because this is something that a lot of people have anxiety about. You're not going to walk into a room and everyone is going to stop talking and stare at you. Okay, unless you're the queen of England or you're some celebrity, which might, that okay, that might happen, but most likely you're just like everyone else. So I think you're thinking of it that it's bigger in your head than the reality, and that's most often the case. So here I want to give you a couple of confidence hacks, if you will, so that you have kind of like a little step-by-step process that you can do as you walk into this kind of situation. So the first thing that you know I'm going to tell you to do is dress the part. Put on your confidence costume. Wear something that makes you feel really confident and that gives you good posture and a good attitude. All of you have something in your closet I know that you kind of end up pulling every time you have some sort of social event. Why? Because it usually makes you feel good. Look at those items and the outfits that you have and try to determine what it is about those outfits that make you feel good. Because once you have that costume on You can also, first of all, get more outfits like that, right? So you can build out your wardrobe, which is building out your confidence. And that right there is going to break any barriers, right, to get you in that mood. Just like, you know, somebody who is a theater major and they're just about to go on stage, having that costume on sets the tone and the mood, and that will be the same for you. Okay, number two Because you're probably in your head, I want you to get out of your head and get into your body more. How do you do that? Dance around, right? Laugh at a funny video, walk around the block, exercise, do something that moves you so that you have some energy in your body and the focus becomes more in your body rather than in your head. It's good prep work, okay? Third, Hone in on a time where you feel confident, okay? Everybody, everybody, I don't care how low confidence you feel, there is something or somewhere in your life where you feel pretty good. Why? Probably because you had practice. You all know me by now, hopefully, that I define confidence as experience. So if, let's say, work is your place of confidence because you've had a lot of exposure and gotten a lot of reinforcement for it, then think about aspects that make you confident and embody that attitude. You know, what do you do to feel confident there? Finally, visual, visualize. Visualize yourself and see yourself walking into that room and just killing it, okay? And you don't have to do this like, big woo-woo visualization thing. I mean, if you know how to do that, awesome, (laughs) more power to you. Most of us don't have that time to really get into like a 15-minute visualization. But, you know, it's just simply like closing your eyes, honing in on that confident person and really like kind of feel into it, right? Like what do you look like? How do you move? How do you sound, And so all this prep work is going to really help calm some of the anxiety and that knot in your stomach and help you get started. Then once you walk into the room, think of some conversation starters, not one-liners, but things where you can start conversation about coming from a place of curiosity. You know, ask questions or make comments about things that you see versus one-liners or boring small talk statements like nice weather we're having, boring. You know, if you notice a woman and you like her dress and you comment on the dress, that's more organic and it's in the moment rather than, so do you come to this networking event quite often? You know, that is almost a disconnect and people really feel authenticity. So the more authentic and present you are, the better. Okay, well, I really, I spent a lot of time on this question because ironically, some of these other questions today pertain to this feeling of, you know, anxiety and low confidence in social situations. So here is the next letter. She said, hi, Kim. I've had four years of upheaval and pain. My marriage of 35 years crumbled and ended in divorce. Our business and home studio was liquidated relocation of myself and sons, had a death of my father and elder care for my mom, I had a total hip replacement surgery and rehab during it all. Feeling I had nothing to give then, I'm finally now ready for companionship, fun, and adventure. Oh, this is great. I'm turned off though by online dating and I prefer to meet up in person. I'm not confident with my conversation or flirting skills and often think this is a chore. I've been alone for three years, but now I am ready to be with someone who can appreciate me. I honestly just don't know where to start." Oh, gosh, I really, really feel for you. And first off, I want to say I'm so excited for this new chapter in your life. You so deserve it. You've been going through a lot of darkness, and I think you're at the end of the tunnel and you're seeing the light now. It's just like, how do you get through that last part of the tunnel and step into the light, right? All of the confidence-building ideas I just went over in the last um, letter that we talked about applies here, too, okay? So I'm not going to repeat that. But what is different in this scenario to me is that there's been a lot of hurt and a lot of loss over a period of time. So it adds an extra layer. So not only does the conversation feel hard to do because those social muscles were getting atrophied, But there is a fear on top of it of getting hurt and anxiety or worry about experiencing more loss and pain. And I see this happen a lot, especially where there's a period of time where there's been some grieving involved. And and in this case, there's just been layer and layer of loss. So it almost sounds like you are in a tug of war here with yourself. I mean, it's like you want something so badly. You want that companionship and sense of adventure and fun. But you also fear it. So you are remaining frozen. And three years is a long time to thaw out, let me tell you. But it is time to just chisel away the chips of ice. And that's how you have to think of it. You have to chisel it away a little bit at a time, so it's not so daunting. I mean, what's confusing, and probably confusing for you, is you say to prefer to meet people in person, but you're also scared to socialize. You hate online dating, but where else are you going to meet people, because you also don't like socializing, so I see like where you're caught up. Um, I guess my question to you would be, why do you hate online dating, like what about it? Don't you like, have you tried it? I'm, you know, of course, if you were on the line, we could explore that. But my guess is, you know, maybe there's been some either negative experiences around it or it just scares you because you've heard a lot of horror stories and you'd rather do it organically. So I know you said you're ready to be with someone who can appreciate you, but let's slow down the race here, okay? Remember what I said, we're just going to chip away at the ice a little bit? I mean, I think it would be nice to just get you out there and date. I mean, you haven't even been on a date and you're already jumping to the companionship. And I promise you'll get there. You will absolutely get there. But I think you just need to thaw out a little bit. So number one, that fear factor needs to be broken by just getting out there and practicing being social with men, right? Like join a meetup group. Talk to a few men in the grocery store. Get used to being around male energy because you've been in this little cave for a long time, so you have to learn how to talk to them again, (laughs) Um, You know, the more positive experiences and responses that you will have, the more your confidence will grow and then you'll be ready for something more like, you know, dating. Now, number two, I would highly recommend using online dating, not for the purposes of what you're thinking about, but merely for the purposes of flirting, to actually use it as a tool to practice, practice communicating, practice being fun, light, engaging with your responses, and also feeling good that guys are finding you attractive. That's, that's nice. That's a confidence booster. And I'm sure that there'd be some men that would be interested in talking to you. You don't even have to go out on dates with these people. You know, I mean, you could just really talk to them and, and no harm, no foul. There, you, there's no commitment here. But if you use it as a practicing tool and letting go of the fear of the online dating as, you know, just, oh, my God, I have to use it to get a date, I think that might help. And finally, I would just start signing up for some structured events like, you know, networking events, meetups, and classes because structured events are easier to navigate than just going out there organically saying hi to people. I get that. Um, But what's nice about those places is that, you know, everybody comes for the common purpose. So it gives you instant things to talk about. And I think if you just start out by doing those things that I just laid out, you will start getting traction, and that's going to build your confidence. Okay, and ironically, the third question I have also is is similar, but a little bit different. So this is from Susan, and Susan writes, hi Kim, due to years of mental illness in my late teens and throughout my 20s, And then being hit with several physical diagnoses in my 30s, I've never been in a serious relationship. I'm 42 years old, on disability, and live with my parents. I feel like a babe in the woods when it comes to dating and relationships. I also worry about telling men that I'm on disability and live with my parents at my age. I want to tap into my femininity and come out of my shell. I just simply don't know how oh, wow, you too have been in a cave for a while, but for different reasons. And, you know, so your cave looked quite different. And I'm just so sorry for all the suffering that you've had throughout the years, but it sounds like you're feeling better, and that's really exciting. And it's exciting to think about venturing out there. And, you, you know, you kind of mentioned you're a babe in the woods. Well, I want you to be a sexy babe in the woods and, and really get your flirt on and explore your femininity because it can be a brave new world out there. Well, first off, let's address the fear of talking to men about your disability because that's what really jumps out in this question to me. I've said this on the show before in other situations, but just to reiterate that we all have scarlet Letters. Let me repeat that. We all have scarlet letters that we deal with. It's our skeletons in the closet that we think scars us. But here's the thing. No one sees those scars unless you point it out. If you have a scar on your face, people chalk it up to being part of your face. But if you walk around pointing out the scar, hi, I'm Kim, did you see this scar? People will then notice it. Same thing goes for your disability and living with your parents. You're seeing this as a scar and you're scared you know, to tell people because you're seeing it only as negative. And it's only gonna be negative if you highlight it and make it that way. But here's the thing. You don't have to lead with it. I mean, you don't have to walk in on a date. You're not going to do this. You're not going to go in on a date and say, hi, I'm Susan, and I'm on disability and live with my parents. Want to go out with me? Like, no, you're not going to do that. Your first job is to make a connection. That's your should be your only mission right now. You're not even there yet. I mean, look, If it's a year from now and you're in a relationship with like a guy, say, three to six months, then we can talk about your disability. But we're just talking about you getting out of the woods, right? So your first job is to make that connection. And when people really like one another, those scars just become part of the person they love. Does that make sense? That is part of the journey. This is what you know, why people fall in love with people in all kinds of situations. This is why I tell people don't get so caught up in people's profiles and what's written on there. If there's enough there, they seem like a cool person, where there's some shared interests and values, give them a chance because you just don't know what's in your head and what's on your agenda could be vastly different when you fall in love with somebody. So Overall, do not lead with that fear of you know letting guys know that you 're on disability. Just focus on connecting and as far as getting you know those getting out there it's the same rules apply for you than the other ladies that I just went over. But especially in your case, I would use clothes to really help you tap into that femininity and sexy confidence. I don't know what your wardrobe is like, but if you're living with your parents, I don't know. I just have this vision that you probably have the same clothes as you did when you were growing up with them. (laughs) I could be totally wrong here, but this is a perfect opportunity, even if that's not the case, to just get like one dress or something and... Go on a shopping spree, and then once you get like a dress or two, I want you to go to Home Depot and just walk around. Walk around in a place where there are a bunch of men and get used to being seen. That's part of navigating the woods is just getting used to being seen. You're not used to that. And journal how that feels. Go back and then up the ante. Then go back in your dress and then try smiling and if you are so bold, then even reach out and say hi as you're passing them by. And, and you know, do it again with repetition. Repetition is where it's at for everyone out there. The more you do something, the more confident you will feel. Okay, let's move on to the next letter. She says, hi, Kim, I don't know how to flirt. I'm polite and I'm friendly but I have been told I'm hard to read. I could hold a conversation, but I don't show any vulnerability and I certainly don't open up. I also wanna meet quality men, but I just don't know where to go or how to connect with them. Okay, wow, there's a lot in that little like three sentence email. So there is a huge difference between being friendly and being flirty. I have had so many conversations lately where, you know, women will call me up and say, I don't understand, Kim. I'm really, you know, I'm really friendly and outgoing. I like talking to men. But that is very different than being flirty. You can engage in a friendly and fun conversation with men, but if they're not getting the signals that you are a sexy, feminine woman attracted to them because they're looking for those smoke signals then you are just a nice lady to talk to no offense <laughs> and the last time i checked i always say this you ladies engage me to help you either better your relationship with your man or meet men in a sexual way right this is not a podcast for friendship i know there's other great ones out there for that um so you might as well give them high fives as you're saying goodbye if that's what you keep wanting to do. So here's the thing. And I'm, I'm honing in on this. I'm picking on you, whoever wrote this, only because this is such a common thing that I hear a lot of women complain about. What about you showing that vulnerability is hard? Like that's my first question to all of you, actually, especially who wrote this. Perhaps that is why it's easier for you to talk about safe things so you don't feel exposed. This reminds me of a woman that I worked with here in L.A. And, you know, it amazed me because when she showed up and I met her, she was very different than how I envisioned her when I talked to her on the phone because the way she painted herself, I thought this was going to be a woman who you know, wasn't really put together, stylish, and really kind of shy, and, um, you know, she, that's how she described herself, you know, that she's friendly, and she's outgoing, but she doesn't really, you know, meet men, and anyway, she was drop-dead gorgeous. I kind of, like, shook my head when I saw her, and I said, I said, Catherine, you're so beautiful, and it's amazing to me that you don't get approached. Well, as we start peeling away the layers, of course, we kind of um, figured out in her history that she's never been vulnerable and that she's never really, you know, expressed her feelings. So she was really busy hiding, not just with her body language, but the way she was communicating, and she always put focus on other people. So when she was out and about, yeah, she was friendly, but nobody ever would ask her out. And when she was in relationships, it was always about the man and never about her. And, um, this is just in the forefront of my mind because I actually had my call with her this week and I'm happy to say she's in a beautiful intimate relationship right now and we haven't even been working together that long but there were some key shifts that she needed to make in order to make that happen. You know, after working together and teaching her how to be more open with her body language and cranking up the flirty dial because it wasn't just about being social. It was about letting men in. It was about giving signals to them that, yeah, I could be a sexual partner to you. I, I do enjoy my femininity. And once she flipped that switch, it made a huge impact in the way she moved through life because afterwards she was getting approached left and right. She couldn't believe it. In fact, she's like, Kim, what did you do to me? She's like, everywhere I go, I get asked out now. I said, well, I didn't do anything to you. I simply held up a mirror and you did something about it. And that's what I think needs to happen here. I think there's something about either your body language or the lack of, you know, you opening up in your conversations that is just coming across as guarded so you're not being seen as, like, dateable. You're just seen as, like, a nice girl. So the key to meeting the quality men is actually being a quality woman yourself who is open. So if, you, if you're looking for, like, an emotionally available man and you want that really You know, high quality relationship, you have to become that in order to attract that. Otherwise, you are maintaining and attracting superficial and lopsided relationships. So, when you're out, practice touching and standing closer to the man when you talk. How does it feel to be close with your body and your heart? And only you can answer that. And when you start doing it and making dents in there, you're going to see a difference in the way that men respond to you. Okay, we have time for one more. And... This is just kind of a a general one that I think will pertain to a lot of you. She says, hi, Kim. My self-esteem is at an all-time low since getting out of a toxic relationship. So right now I'm working on getting that back. I was asked out on a date, but not sure confidence-wise. I'm ready. Help. Oh, gosh. You know, a toxic relationship... Can really beat the most confident woman down, I know that firsthand from my experience, also you know working with a lot of clients in those situations and what happens is you know and i don 't know how you your self esteem was before this relationship, but again, you could be the most confident woman. When you're in that kind of really negative and toxic situation, it will really make you feel like crap. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. So it's really crucial for you to get that woman back or if she never was there, to find her. It's crucial if you want to get to any kind of healthy relationship. Remember, when you love you, people will too, and it's a mantra I live by, I teach by, and I truly believe is the key to everyone's kingdom. The truth is, is you will never be ready. You will never be ready, so you have to start somewhere and go for that date and gain experience. I know you're scared to to go out on that date, but again, get dressed up. Embrace someone taking you out, making you feel like a queen a woman receive that practicing allowing people men in particular doing things for you and working on building your self-esteem by feeding your mind by feeding your spirit and feeding your body and you can do that in real simple ways like you know feeding your mind is like just you know resetting a button So if that means meditating, do it. If it means doing daily mantras of how much you love about yourself, you know, writing those down on a daily basis, making a brag book for yourself, that can totally shift the way that you think about yourself. And I encourage you to do this on a daily basis until it really starts becoming you and you believe it. You can feed your spirit by feeding your soul and being around nature and positive energy of others. If you have a bunch of negative Nellies or you live in a really cold and dismal environment, change things up. Take a vacation. Get new friends. You have to do something that feels that positivity because that's going to radiate outwards. And finally, feed your body. Feed your body with new clothes, of course, Do your hair, exercise, get your nails done. When you feel good in your body, not only do you get the endorphins going, right, especially when you exercise because that's an organic high, but you're also going to love what you see in the mirror. All right, well, that is all the time we have for today. I hope that was helpful. And as always, thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. If you're looking to get rid of any dating burnout, come and check out my new Facebook private group. It's called Love Makeover Insiders and it's a group of supportive women and hopefully you can get out of that negative mindset of all this stuff. So click the link you'll see here in the show description and stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.